Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. We are in a series called Different. And I believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're in our relationship with Jesus. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with the living God. That's what makes us different. It's not the clothes we wear. It's not I am better than you or on some other pride trip. It's Jesus and his presence. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men in the things of religion, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. You see, what makes us different is being with Jesus. That's the thing that makes us different. In Exodus 33 and verse 16, it reads like this, For how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people that are on the face of the earth. So right back at the beginning in Exodus, when Moses was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was the same presence of God that was in the Old Testament that is now manifested in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. I've been challenged of late to pray different kinds of prayers. So David, Psalms 139 verses 23 to 24, he prays his prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way or offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting ways. He says, search me, know my heart. I believe that God knows our heart. He knows everything. But I believe that sometimes we just got to slow it down and let God just reveal something that's in our heart that may be becoming between us and him. It says, reveal my fears and anxieties. And we all have fears. We all have anxieties. And some of them just a part of life, they're precious. But if they start to impede, you know, what God wants to do in our life or affect our livelihood, hey, Let's let God deal with them. Uncover my sin, any offenses in my life that are offending you. And then he says, lead me in the way everlasting. I just want to encourage you tonight that God is not going to drop you over the cliff. God wants to lift you higher. And anything he does within your life is to bring blessing into your life and to make you to become a greater blessing to others. So tonight. Warning, this message may disturb you, putting the red lights up now. Not, maybe not that popular, but I really believe it'll be really good for you and build your faith. I believe that God is always at work within our life. He loves us. He always loves us. He's always working in our life. And what he does as he works, he makes a better version of you. You may be one person today, but in a few years' time or a few months' time, God works upon your life to change you into the person that he designed you to be. Hey, it's not drastic. It's a process that God works within our life. So I'm challenged 
to pray one of the most different prayers. I want to encourage you, don't pray it if you don't want to pray it. But this prayer could change your life for good forever. And it's this, break me, make me soft. You know, life can give us a hard heart. It can, what we go through, it can make us hard on the inside. I've got this philosophy about life is, hey, get your skin tough, but keep a soft heart. As we unfold this, you might say, what does it mean to have a soft heart or for God to break my heart? It's, it sounds dangerous. So I just want to talk to two groups of people tonight. But before I do that, I want to read one scripture, and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. God said to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. Let me read it to you. And the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go to the potter's house. And there I'll cause you to hear my words. So he said, I want you to go and see something. And in you seeing this, I'm going to speak a word into your heart. Then I went down to the potter's house and there the potter was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Father, I just praise we come to your word that you will get this word, O oh God, and just do something within our hearts and lives. We just believe, oh God, you are the potter. We are the clay. And I just pray right at this moment, you'd, Lord, relax our spirit and allow you to speak into our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. I want to suggest tonight that we are in the hands of the potter who is God. And he works upon our lives. He works in our circumstances. He works in our situation. Before we jump too much into this or too far into this, I want to speak about broken, hurt people, those that have been broken by life's experience. Something has happened to you. There's a sickness, there's a divorce, there's an accident, or someone did something to you. You were robbed, you were rejected, you're at the wrong place, the wrong time, you are abused, or, or you did something to yourself and you were broken. And it's manifested in the pain you feel in your relational world and trying to get ahead in life. I've got good news for you tonight. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. And when we address this message tonight, I don't want you to kind of think, you know, that God says, you know, he's going to break me. I'll get to that in a moment. But I want you to know that the Jesus we serve is one who heals the brokenhearted. In Luke 4 and verse 18, it reads like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. This is the words of Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, the downtrodden, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You see, Jesus binds up the wounds and brings healing. He illustrated that with the Good Samaritan. Remember the story that this guy was on a trip somewhere and robbers came and beat him and people just walked past him. Religious people walked past him. Others looked at him, scoffed at him. But the good Samaritan walked past and bound up his wounds and healed him and took him to a place where he could be restored. That's Jesus. Jesus is the good Samaritan. 
God's people, you know, should be the good Samaritans where we help people on the pathway to healing. No doubt you've had your heart broken. I've had my heart broken. You see, it's, it doesn't matter how smashed we have been in life or how broken. God can and God will heal and God can turn everything around for good. In the Bible, there is the scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7, and it reads like this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourself. I look at that verse sometimes and think we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So we are, you know, made in the image of kind of Adam, as it were. We are made from the earth. And as we look at this scripture, our bodies are earth, but we have this treasure in us. What is the treasure? It's the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. And you know that earthen vessels, they can get hardened. They can get cracked. They can get smashed. And I just want to encourage you today, those that have been broken and wounded by the circumstances of life, Jesus Christ is still in your life and he wants to heal you and he wants to set you free emotionally and psychologically that you can know the grace of God within your life. The most important thing is, though, keep a soft heart. The next group of people I want to speak to are stubborn people. And I don't know if you know any people like that, and I may know a few, and others may think that I am stubborn as well. But I just want to refer to this group of people. Don't take offense. I just want to put in the category so I can speak to this tonight. When God called Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, they went on a journey. And I want to tell you that each one of us is on a journey as God called Israel out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, and he puts us on a journey that we can find our purpose and in eternity we spend it with Christ. So all of us are on the journey. But when God calls Israel out of Egypt, they go on this journey. But halfway through the journey, Israel become rebellious. They became stubborn. And the Bible says they become stiff-necked. And God was not pleased with the children of Israel as they were journeying through because it says they became hardened in heart. And something needed to change in the children of Israel's heart so that they could go further into the promised land. And I believe within our life, that's why we speak about this subject tonight. It is so important that we keep a soft heart before God. Let me read this scripture to you, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verses 1 to 8, and it speaks about Israel's journey through to the promised land. It says, Every commandment I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. Hey, come on, don't let us forget that God is leading us. And he led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? To humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, so you could see what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you 
and allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens, rebukes, or restrains his son, so the Lord chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. You see, in that few verses, we see God working in the children of Israel that as they journeyed, that he would make sure or bring him across circumstances where they would keep responding to God and not have a hard heart and remain in the wilderness and die there because he wanted to bring them into a good land. And I want to tell you tonight that God wants to bring you into a good place. It doesn't matter where you are now. We're in the journey of life. And I pray that we can hear this word tonight and say, hey, it's always an issue of the heart. But I remember one time as a young person, I came across this verse and it's always stuck with me. And it's Psalms 32 and verse 9. And it reads like this. Don't be like the horse or the mule, which has no understanding, which must be controlled by bit and bridle to make them obey. When I came across that word, oh, it just really affected me. I used to think I shouldn't be so hard to convince. Outwardly, I, it seemed like I was compliant. But inwardly, you know, things were not lining up and my, my relationship with God wasn't lining up the way that I thought it should. So it affected me because I wanted to please God, but I also wanted to do the things that I knew probably offended God. And I had this battle going on, but I've learned and I'm learning to let God win. When I surrender my will to his will, I win, he wins. Don't we pray this prayer, your will be done? We've probably all prayed it so many times but we make it kind of out there. It's kind of generic. And if I'm praying for the will of God to be done in the earth, surely the will of God has got to be done in my life also because he knows the best. He knows where he is leading and guiding us. You see, in life's experience, it's not always that dramatic of making big decisions, good and bad. It could be decisions between what's good and what's best or just tweaking our lives in the walk. But the whole secret of the walk is keep your heart soft before God. I pray prayers like this, I will humble myself. It's interesting, the Bible talks about humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. You see, if we do our part, humble ourselves, God takes care of the rest. Humility is not I'm a doormat. No, humility is all that I am is because of Jesus Christ. I am what I am because of the grace of God. I pray prayers like this, and I'm still praying it. Lord, make me teachable. Lord, make me moldable. Lord, make me adjustable. And at the end of the day, I say, God, make me usable. Sometimes we pray, God, use me, use me. And he's saying, hey, I want to make you usable. I want to lead you into the blessing that I had for you. You see, I understand that we're all at different levels in our journey 
in the Christian faith. It's just a fact. We all have different challenges. We all have different struggles. And different struggles and different pressures and different people and there's different circumstances. But God is at work within our lives. Even when we feel he's not working, he never stops working. He's always working within our lives. I just want to look at three biblical examples of how God works within our life. Example number one is Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. In Luke 22 and verse 42, Jesus prays this prayer. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Isn't that amazing? Jesus, who knew he was the Son of God, who came to this earth to die and to rise again, before he goes to the cross, he's down on his face before his Father. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. And I believe that sometimes in our life, we pray prayers like that. We know what to do. We say, God, is there another way that that things could happen? But let's take an example from Jesus' prayer. Hey, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You see, Jesus prayed and struggled with what was upon him. And there was probably demonic activity that was encouraging him to give up. And I just want to pause here for a moment and just encourage someone tonight. I believe that you're at the point of a breakthrough in your life and the enemy wants you to give up. I just want to encourage you tonight. Hey, don't give up. God's at work within your life. Sit back, relax, keep your heart sensitive before God because God is working on your behalf. You see, I've had dark nights of the soul where you wrestle with what is best and what is good. And you try and somehow to work through the, the maze of life. But as we are convinced, we surrender, allowing God's will to be done within our life. I believe we can pray prayers like this, where we don't live by convenience, we live by conviction. And I saw that Jesus, and I see that Jesus had a heavy conviction. He knew for this purpose that he came to this earth. If he just lived by convenience, he could have easily walked away from the cross, but no, he despised the shame. He went to the cross for us and thank God that he did it. So under pressure, our values and priorities are challenged. You see, Jesus' prayer, your will be done, Jesus knew what was best. And what I like about this, he says, I delight to do your will. And I just want to encourage, again, keep your heart soft. Because sometimes we can reluctantly do what God wants us to do. But I want to encourage you, always delight to do the will of God. That is where the strength is. That is where your breakthrough is in delighting to do God's will. You see, I cause myself a lot of stress trying to avoid God's will. But I find that when I surrender, my heart is changed. And all the burdens that lift and oh, the peace and oh, the joy that fills our lives. The second story I want to tell is regarding Jacob. Jacob is one of the characters in the Old Testament. Actually, he was one of the founding fathers of Israel. And as you read his life, God did amazing work within his life over a period of time. And God used circumstances 
and God used people. Can I say that again? God used circumstances and people to bring him to a place of surrender to the will of God. You see, Jacob was known for his manipulation and always wanting to get the best for himself. Out of every situation, he's what you call a a perfect opportunist. It was always about Jacob. He conned his brother out of his inheritance and blessing. But Jacob's day of reckoning was coming. His brother was going to come and kill him. But the night before this was going to happen, Jacob separates himself from his family and he gets down before God. And in the Bible, it talks about that Jacob wrestled with God all night. And as the dawn was breaking, the angel of the Lord touches Jacob's thigh. And the Bible says that from that day on, he walked with a limp. And you might say, that's interesting. I believe what this means or the understanding I get from this scripture is that Jacob wrestled with God and God broke Jacob's stubborn will. And you look at Bible and as you look at history, it was from that night on that God began to bless Jacob in ways that he always dreamed but never thought was possible. And I want to encourage you, it's always God that's at work within your life. And if you're a stubborn one, hey, don't fear. God's at work within your life, and he will bring you to the place where you can have a soft heart and surrender your life to God. Be encouraged. God is at work within your life. Don't you know it? Don't you perceive it? Don't you feel it? Come on, keep on listening. It's God at work within your life to do you good. Well, the third person I want to speak about is Jonah. Jonah's an interesting character. There's a whole book in the Bible that's written about him. God said to Jonah, hey, go to Nineveh. It's a, a wicked city, and I've put my word within your heart, and they'll repent from their wickedness, and they'll turn unto me. But Jonah says, no, I'm not going. I heard that they're wicked. They won't listen to me. So in rebellion to God's word, Jonah doesn't go to Nineveh. He goes to Tarshish. So on the way to Tarshish, Jonah is in a boat and a big storm blows up. And all the way through it, Jonah knows, hey, I should be going to Nineveh. And the sailors were stressed. They didn't know what to do. In the end, Jonah said, hey, throw me overboard. This storm is because of me. I've been in rebellion against God. I should have went to a certain place and I didn't. So in the end, he convinced them to throw him overboard. What's interesting is that as soon as he was thrown overboard, God had a whale waiting for him. You just think, wow, that is an interesting story. And the Bible says that Jonah lived in the belly of the whale for three days. I wonder what was happening in Jonah's mind for those three days. God, give me a chance and I'll go to Nineveh. But something greater than that happened. I believe that Jonah's will was broken and his heart was softened. And he said, yes, God, I'll do whatever you desire me to do. And as soon as he does that, we hear that the whale vomits up Jonah on a beach and he goes to Nineveh and a whole city is one for God. So again, we see if we can just keep a soft heart before God. As we look at these people, as we look at Jesus, Jacob and Jonah, we can just see that they were broken, their wills were surrendered to God, but they were made whole. 
I believe the greatest prayer we can pray, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.